Hey, 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 hey. What's up? What's up, everybody? Just got to open my wine bottle here. Oh, I got to open the wine, too. That's right. Get after it. What's up, all you no bullshitters out there? Welcome to I'm a Little Buzzed Thursday edition, um, where we bring a little life to business, all while sharing whatever makes you happy. Uh, so, Al, man, I can't even get this thing on. Oh, gosh. So, oh, there we go. Struggle is real. Struggle is real. So tonight, Empathy Wines makes me a little happy. The red. The red. Empathy White tonight. Nice. I, I got to get the, I got the red every way. I got to get me some, some white. Alan, I need to borrow a bottle. I got you, bro. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us this evening. If this is your first time here, welcome. Hopefully, you have glass in hand. It can be water. It can be uh, cola. It can be wine. It can be bourbon. It can be uh, like a milkshake if you want. I don't know. So it's uh, Al, John, and Rob. We are the founders of Noble 2020. Presented by Bank Bankers Healthcare Group, happening this September 17th in Syracuse, New York. Hopefully, it got some tickets. If you yeah. didn't, Al will tell you how to get them. So, we start all these shows with a little cheers to life, love, lots of laughter, and effing hot rods, people. Hot rods. <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers to all you guys. So, before we start the show and get into our banging guest, banging is good. Like, you know, just yeah. banging. Yeah. Banging guest. Banging. Uh, Al's got some announcements that we're going to rip through. Al, take her away. Okay. So, first and foremost, our sponsor for this week is Hogan's Heroes. Geek out with your Greek out <laughs> to go only social distance. Uh, Spanakopita to gopita. So, again, Hogan's Heroes. Geek out with your Greek out, drive through only, Spanakopita, to Gopita. The next big thing is don't forget to order some wine from empathywines.com. Go to empathywines.com, get whatever you want, red, white, or rose in any uh, fashion. Don't forget to use No Bull 2020 promo code if you buy a case of 12 in any cluster, whether it's packs of three or, or just a case of 12, you will get a free ticket, premier seating front section to noble 2020 to see gary v and a host of other amazing talented entrepreneurs and business people uh any questions leave them in the comments email us hit us up whatever we'll get you we'll get you some wine uh tickets are on sale if you're not a wine person that's great tickets are on sale again noble2020.com get your tickets um it's going to be a it's going to be a smoking banging event so don't forget wine and tickets those are the big things. And don't forget to go to Hogan's Hieros. 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 Not, not gyro. What's a gyro? Hogan's gyros. No. <laughs> Hieros. Leave in the comments if you call it, be honest here. Yeah. Do you call it hero? So, like, I guess how would you write that? Write hero. H E R O. Or do you call it a gyro? G Y R O. Leave, leave some comments. This is serious. We need to know this. We. I, I mean, the. The correct pronunciation, according to the Greeks, I used to date a Greek girl. Is hero. Hero. What happened? I can't. Well, you know, to be honest with you, it was long distance, and mm. she was geeking you out. The with long me. distance women. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> tough, tough situation. We're not going to get into it though. I mean, we could. I mean, we could. No, no, we don't have to. So, 
Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, Rebecca Williams, you're awesome. Thanks for watching. Steven, uh, thanks for watching. Steve's been on here. Tom Johnson, woohoo! Let's do this, Nick. Let's do this. Turn We've the got... Turnbull. Turn, turn the Turnbull? Turn to Turnbull. Love it. Uh, so no comments. No comments yet. Nobody's hero or gyro. Nobody's, I mean. All right. Because they're no thinking hero. about it. No heroes or gyro. Yeah, it's it's serious. Uh, so if you also, if you have any questions about the event, uh, how to get tickets, any of that kind of stuff, um, shoot us some comments in here. We'll, we'll be moderating throughout the show, but we have this new format, this live podcast. We're going to be bringing on guests every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, awesome guests, entrepreneurs, people who are building or have built businesses, have found some level of success, who have failed, who have succeeded and are standing to share the story with us. Uh, so hopefully we can deliver a lot of value. Sundays is going to be our wild card show where it's just the three of us uh, talking some <coughs> shit and having some fun. So hopefully you can join us. So make sure you subscribe and uh, and catch all of these great episodes. Yeah. Are we ready to rip? Ready to rip. Rip it and grip it. Rock and roll. So today's show is going to feature a little biz inspiration about building hot rods and rocket ships, literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. uh, we are super excited to have entrepreneur, owner of Steve's Restorations, custom hot rod builder. He was featured on History Channel's American Restoration. Please welcome Hot Rods and Rocket Ships with Steve Hale. There's just one problem. Steve's not here yet. <laughs> Stevie Steve. All right, bring it on back. Bring it on home to Bring me. it on back. All right, we're back, yeah. peeps. Steve's not in the what we call the waiting room or the green Ooh, room, the digital the green room. He's the, not there. The digita green room. So, yeah. If this were a real show, maybe he's in the bathroom. We can't find him. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know what? That's where you go. So we'll just we'll just riff off a little bit. Uh, we had a segment that we were going to call My Sediments Exactly, right? So... We were planning on doing uh, a little uh, segment. If you watched Tuesday's episode, we did um, what was it? That's bullshit. That's bullshit. We can we can revisit that. We can revisit that's bullshit. That's mm -hmm. bullshit was basically saying things that people say all the time yeah. or do all the time, and it's just bullshit. Like I'm too busy. I don't have time. Yeah, bullshit. yeah. My Nobody sentiments exact. My sediments exactly was going to be. Oh, we got some new people. Colleen shared the stream. Thanks, Colleen. Appreciate you, Chris. What's up, Chris? My boy, Chris. I haven't seen him in a while. My sediments exactly was was uh, uh, going to be. What's the saying? My sentiment exactly. My sent. I, I that, still don't know what the hell it is. That's right. So my that was it's exactly. But that's where I was going with this. Is that we don't really we haven't fleshed the segment out. Right. But the name itself, I believe, is truly where we lost our way because we're not quite sure if it's called my sentiment exactly or Ooh. is it my sediments exactly. It, we thought it was my sentiments. But I, then Al threw a serious wrench into the gears. Where? What show was that from? I was watching Blue Bloods, which I'm addicted to. I've watched all nine seasons twice now. And in the show, the guy says – my sediments exactly. And I'm like, wait, what? this wait. was after we came up with the name for the segment. Totally. Yeah. So now we were all jacked well, up. I think that the sediments just goes well with, with the wine theme. I mean, well, well yeah, oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah. 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 Steven's in the house. Steve, I'll do it again. So, uh, I lost it. 
Here it is. Please welcome Hot yeah. Rods and Rocket Ships with Steve Hale. What's up, guys? Oh, there he on, is. What's up, Steve? How you doing? Up, no worries, man. There are no rules in this podcast. All right, that's good. We don't like rules. No. no. Entrepreneurs plus wine, in my case, and no rules. Equal, I'm a little buzzed. How are you, my friend? Awesome. Real good. Thanks for having me on. How are you Absolutely. guys? Absolutely. Yeah, man. We're, we're great, man. I'm a little buzzed. Uh, yeah, we're getting a little buzzed. Off to a good start. Off to a good start. So yeah. I just did a brief overview of you know your your uh, many accomplishments. So if you wouldn't mind, give us a two minute kind of story of where Steve started up to where you are right these days, my friend. Gotcha. Well, it's a little longer than two minutes, but we'll break it down. We'll condense it. Yeah. So <clears throat> basically, when I was probably fourteen or fifteen years old. I decided that I wanted to restore a car. I knew nothing about restoring classic cars. And my brother-in-law, who was like 13 years older than me, he was an expert body man. He kind of helped me out and taught me how to do body work. We got we got a hold of a old Mercury that was a piece of junk. It was like a 55 Mercury. And we restored the thing and it came out decent. And then um, it actually caught on fire when we were test driving it. That was, yeah. kind of, <laughs> it was like the, the start to that. And I was going to say. We finished the Mercury up, and I was still, I was probably just turning 16, and we bought a 1960 Jaguar. <laughs> and then we restored the Jag in my mom's garage at our house. This is when I was in high school. And the next thing you know, uh, my friend's parents started dropping cars off to have body work done on them. And, and we basically turned the garage at the house into a body shop. And finally, I think my mom probably was sick of having paint fumes going into the kitchen every day. So we, <laughs> we decided to, to try to make it a little, you know, you, you know, more of a, a real business. And I, I turned it, I moved into my father's barn down the street. We, uh, we, you know, poured a concrete floor and we started doing work. And I was like 17, 18 years old at that point. And then people just started calling from all over the place and it, it became, you know, real, like the, this needed to turn into a, an actual business. So we moved into our first actual shop in Marcy that was like 8,500 square feet in 2006. Oh, wow. And I got an official business license and we just, you know, we took off from there and it basically, I mean, you know, every step of the way has been a struggle. You know, I mean, people look at all the success stories on Instagram and Facebook and they see the highlight reel of everything, you know, like, wow, Steve had, you know, the American Restoration on, on History Channel and they built all these great cars and they've traveled all over the world and we have done all that awesome stuff. But it's been a lot of hard work. And I mean, honestly, looking back on it, I wouldn't trade any of that because that's part of the process. And I think when you look at anyone who's really successful in business, they've had a lot of struggles and, you know, it's, it's basically a roller coaster for everybody. You know, that's how you learn. You dive in and, and things are tough and, and you work through them and you learn as you go. And, you know, I've been super fortunate to have some incredible people working alongside of me and people that I've met and connections we've made and, you know, different companies like PPG paint company has helped us out tremendously. And I mean, that's just one company out of the, the many, you know, we've, we've had a, a lot of people helping out and, um, you know, That's basically my, my goal when I started, um, pretty much, you know, kind of skipping, skipping around here. My brother, my older brother was like my idol to me. 
and I always looked up to him and he told me, he's like, you're not going to paint cars. You don't know anything about that. I told him, I said, you know, I'm going to become the best car painter in the world just to prove you wrong. So that was my goal was always to be the best car painter in the world. And, you know, I, I think I'm getting close to that, but I think it's pretty ignorant to say that I would be because there's some phenomenally talented people out there who I've become friends with, you know, some of like the people I've always looked up to, like Charlie Hutton, who painted for Chip Foose and Boyd Coddington. I mean, he's an incredible guy I've got to be friends with. And, you know, so there's, so there's people like that, but I feel like our paintwork is on the same level with mm -hmm. them. And, and that's, you know, I think that's the reason we, we've got to be where we are is that we took so much pride in our work and always made sure that everything came out right. Even if we had to paint a car three times to make it perfect and lose money on the job, we still made sure that the work was perfect and we cared about it and tried to help people and do honest business, you know, all along. And now we've gotten to where we are now in our new shop that's 13,000 square feet. We've got a beautiful showroom and uh, awesome. studio and cool offices and, you know, a bunch of stuff like that. So it's, it's been a, a crazy journey. But it's been awesome. a wild ride, huh? Wild ride. That's right. That's awesome. So, yeah. You mentioned yeah. Uh, having people, you know, alongside mm -hmm. you and partners and, you know, you mentioned vendors and everything isn't how key yeah. is it to have just people it, around it, you, right? Like you can only do yeah. so much and you started out probably doing a lot yourself or you had other people kind right. of helping here and there, but I mean, how key is that, right? Yeah, it's key. I mean, they say it takes a village and that's right. I mean, you know, yeah, it's got my name is on the door. So, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's Steve's Restorations. But I, you know, I'm very fortunate to have had the different people in my life that have helped me along, you know, whether it be on a project or in business or just, you know, family support, you know, like my mom and, you know, just the, the tremendous amount of people I've had, you know, in my life that have helped me to get to where I am and get you know, over, you know, each peak and, uh, you know, climb up the top of the mountain basically. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to have a lot of good people in my life that saw, I guess, the potential in my company or in me and what I wanted to do. And, and I, and I think that goes with everything. I mean, even like, you know, my arm wrestling, for example, you know, I, I got to meet and train with some of, you know, the most incredible people on the planet and we became really good friends and we, you know, we help each other out. And I mean, that's kind of what it is, you know, like that's a perfect example. Arm wrestling is a sport that's done individual. You compete as an individual, but you have to train with a team and you have to have people that, you know, even your competitors are your friends and you're training and you're always constantly making each other better. Um, and I think that's, that's a big part of anything. You know, thing is a self-made person basically what movie is this from since you just said this what is this from over the top yeah brother. <laughs> over the top. my dad and i used to watch that movie over and over and over yeah. one of the greatest movies nobody probably knows about it but us but thank you for that that's what we call flipping the switch and i'll just got so excited <laughs> I mean, I just was like can you play arm wrestling mm -hmm. yeah man so God bless you so arm wrestling that's a whole other thing that that yeah. You know, you you fill your time. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. Yep. Uh, you know, you're hustling. You're you have this hobby, arm wrestling on the side, uh, and you're also into fitness, right? And is that or is that sort of part of the arm wrestling? Well, it is. Um, you know, and it, it always has been. I mean, kind of like my goal with painting cars was to be the best car painter in the world, right? That was kind of where that started. Well, I always wanted to be the world champion at arm wrestling. And I, and I kind of like didn't take it super serious, you know, when I, when I first started off. So now the way that I've changed my training around 
within the next couple of years, things are going to get really serious for me in the, in the sport. Oh, shit. Super, super excited about that. He's but, bringing it. Um, if you go to competition, will you tell us? Oh, yeah. I sure. wanted to see oh, yeah. a live arm wrestling yeah. competition my entire life, ever since I saw Over the Top. <laughs> well, you got I mean, right here in, in upstate New York, I mean, Syracuse is there's it's like a big hub. So if you follow CNY Arm Wrestlers, check check out the page. Um, I mean, we've got some of the best arm wrestlers in the world are in like the Northeast up here. I mean, you got some some huge, huge names, people that are really, really good all around here. So we, we've got tournaments in Syracuse and Pennsylvania, and, you know, you'll, you'll see them. They're around. Uh, Al's going to be able to understand that he is a fanatic with everything that he does. Right. It's not just about the cars. I mean, right. tell him about the, the three phases no. you just finished with your fitness. Right. So, well, so, so yes, yeah, so for the fitness thing, basically, so like I, I was kind of got off track, um, arm wrestling, I always trained for it. Um, but I never took my fitness like super seriously. And that all kind of started last year when I discovered 75 hard. So that's a program that Andy Frisella came up with. He's um, a super inspirational, very successful business person. Uh, you know, he started First Form. It's a supplement company. So this program he developed called 75 Hard it is designed to build mental toughness. And that's where a lot of people get it confused. I think that it's just like some fitness you know, challenge or something like that, that I was doing and that all these people are doing now. It's, it's really not, it's, it's designed to build mental toughness, which is extremely important in any aspect of life, no matter what you're doing. If you're trying, especially if you're trying to start a business and run a business, because like I was saying, you're going to be on a roller coaster the entire time. So being able to deal with all of those punches, like Sylvester Sloan says, you know, it's not how hard you can hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving. Ah, right. <laughs> You're giving Al goosebumps like, all over the place right now. Think, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. And so, I mean, that's that's what mental toughness is all about. So 75 Hard is a program that develops that. And that's basically <laughs> I started. It's when you do the whole program, it's called Live Hard. So there's 75 days where you have to do two intense workouts every day, 45 minute workouts. You got to drink a gallon of water, no alcohol. Uh, strict diet with no cheat meals and read 10 pages of like an entrepreneurial or self-development book. And all these things basically build you discipline. And then that creates fortitude and grit. And, you know, you, you basically like if you walk by a Reese's peanut butter cup and you're going to eat one, you can't eat it. You know, so it's all, all these things that you're you're building this discipline and and creating mental toughness. So so I did the first 75 days and there's three 30 day phases that follow that called live hard. And that's what I just finished up in uh in april wow made it yeah yeah so was it was it hard was it hard well that's why it's called 75 hard yeah <laughs> it's not easy but i mean that's that's the point that's why like you know everybody's like oh it seems like it's too hard i mean the point is that it's supposed to be hard and yeah. get used to doing hard things like one of the one of the requirements in the live hard phase is that you have to do five minutes of an ice cold shower every day mm. and you know you're supposed to get comfortable being uncomfortable um, that's kind of like a, a David Goggins quote. Right. Follow him. So, fellas, the sauna might be out during seventy-five hours. Yeah, seventy-five hard. You can do it, John. Don't ever say after you get out of the ice cold shower. Oh, there you go. You got to do it all. You get in the right. sauna. There you go. So, you mentioned a little bit in the beginning about your the start into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, and we have audience members out there that are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs. You know, you know, have their dreams of, of starting a side thing. But how did you was there a moment or like a, a time frame when 
you were like, okay, this is, this is going from being a hobby to now needing to be an actual business. Was it instantaneous or was it gradual? Well, I guess there's, there's a couple ways to look at that. Um, basically when I was, when I was in my mom's garage, I realized that it was going to be a business because people were calling me and they wanted work done and they were dropping work off. And, you know, I was just a, a kid in high school trying to restore a car. And next thing you know, in my driveway, there's all these cars waiting to be painted. Were you telling people that you were doing it or um, like on the side or were you like, yeah, bring your, your car over? I mean, it just kind of happened. You know I mean? It's, and, and really like my business has been like that too. I mean, it's always been word of mouth. I mean, <clears> having the, television show was a big help and, and, you know, doing the car shows that we did all over. But just, I think when you take pride in something and you do a good job and you're honest to people, it just more clients are going to come to you. That's just the way that it works. You know yeah. I mean? It is, it's definitely challenging to get the level of clientele that we need now. I mean, we're doing, you know, multi-million dollar vehicles. So it's, it's hard to get that clientele because it's very select. Um, you know, it's not every single person driving around, you know, your, your regular vehicles. So it's hard to get those clients because it's, it's a much smaller market. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it just, you know, it just started when I was in my garage in high school, people started bringing cars in. And the next thing you know, it was like, all right, we need to take this a little bit more serious. Um, but yeah. I think that you're never really, I think that Rick, truly successful people, you know, and, and, you know, I think there's different levels of it, but they're never really satisfied with where they are. So like, yeah, I've accomplished a lot and I've done some stuff that, you know, some people won't do their whole life, which is, you know, okay, everybody's got different lives that they want to live. But like what I want, you know, some of the stuff I've done is great, but I've got like all these other levels that I want to go to. It's even like, like if you have a lot of people been watching the Michael Jordan stuff right now, you know, if, if you followed him, you'd know that he, after he won some of his championships, he went back and trained by himself in the middle yeah. of the night. You know, I mean, that was because he wanted to win the next one. You know, so I, th I think that there's always that or like you hear like Matthew McConaughey say he's always chasing the next version of himself. So mm -hmm. I think that as we grow as, you know, entrepreneurs or, or people, you know, in whatever line of our, our life, we always know that there's something that we can do that's better and we can become that next version of ourselves. So. What's the most important lesson that you learned like during that? So, right. So you, you know, you, you started the actual business. You said you got your business license and you moved in and you started doing it. What's the most important lesson that you've learned over the course of, and still growing your business businesses, you know, whether it's the show or the, right. uh, you know. So the most important lesson, that's a tough question because there's been a lot of important lessons, but I would say, I really say I kind of narrowing it down to two in my head right now. I mean, I would say the, the one that sticks out the most is that you can't usually right when you feel like everything is falling apart, when you're ready to give up, that's when things always happen and go to the next level. You know, I remember when we, when we got the American restoration deal with history channel, I had been trying to get that show for like, six years we went to las vegas and we met with them and you know i went out there twice actually then we called them we made contracts and then we didn't hear from the tv from the network for like two years um, then they called me again and at that point you know business was tough because we it was hard to get the clients we needed still you know we were still struggling with that and and i had always been very adamant that our work had to be perfect no matter what it cost so if we had a job that 
you know, needed to be done in X amount of time in order to make a profit. And I had other stuff that I wanted to be done on the job. I would do it and, you know, come out of it in the negative on a job just because I cared that much about the work. So it was, it was always hard, you know, from a business standpoint, um, because the work is so difficult and getting the staff is, is so difficult The people that can do it. It's, you know, it takes very talented people and it takes clients to understand. So I was in a really low point and, you know, at that point I was like, screw it. I'm giving up. I've had enough of this. And then, like that, like 10, same 10 minutes, I get the call from history channel and they're like, Hey, you know, we want you to do the show. And at that point I was like, so discouraged. I'm like, screw it. I'm, I'm done. You know, call me later. And, yeah. and we actually didn't talk for a little while. And then they called me back and they're like, we, we really want you to do the show. You know? So, so then we started talking about it more and, and I'm glad that I didn't give up. So I would say probably the number one lesson is that, you know, when you're just about to reach that summit, sometimes, you know, it gets kind of cloudy, but if you yeah. keep, and I put the link to that show in the comments here. So anybody who's watching in the comments, I put the YouTube link to the American Restoration um, spot. So go check it out. Yeah. And so you you, uh, you mentioned that it's darkest before the dawn, right? right. A, a lot of times. Um, and couldn't agree with that more. Um, yep. You know, I've failed at a couple of businesses and succeeded at a couple or yeah. at least so far. And, you know, have covered that a lot. Uh, can you, do you have any stories? Uh, you, you just sort of shared one, but do you have any stories of like, and maybe that was it, you know, a huge failure that turned into a huge success or even small, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think they're all along the way in every job that you do, you're going to, you, you have these you know, minor failures and, and you have to keep going on. But um, that was definitely a big one. You know, I mean, I guess another one would be when I was at my first real shop, we'll call it in Marcy. This was uh, from 2006 to 2011. Um, it was, you know, we, we did a ton of work out of there. I mean, it was it was like we would we would work for uh, there was a couple couple jobs that we didn't sleep for three days straight. I mean, like we, I was in the paint booth in a paint suit for three days without stopping. Um, and you know, I'd feel like a zombie at the end of those days, but we got, we did so much work. I mean, we did some incredible stuff. So at the end of being in that, that shop in Marcy, it was kind of like one of those times where it was like, you know, I worked so hard. I painted like thousands of vehicles and you know, the money just wasn't there. And I was sick and tired of being broke. And I was sick of, of working like, you know, 120 hour weeks and not getting anything out of it. Even though I was getting things out, I was building you know, a network of people and, and skills and learning and so on and so forth. But in my mind, it was really discouraging because the bills kept adding up. And it was like, you know, I, I just would like to be able to like use my debit card and I have to worry about it not going through, you know. So like I, I, I we, we closed the shop down and I actually moved out. I put all my stuff in a, my brother's tractor trailer. And it was like it was kind of discouraging because at that point, my brother is the one who I told I was going to become the best car painter in the world. And it was like, hey you know, let me call him up and, and borrow his tractor trailer so I can put all my tools in it because, you know, my business isn't going to work. And so that was a really, that was a really discouraging and depressing time. And then when I, I, you know, had all my stuff back at my mother's house at that point now, uh, a really good friend of mine now, uh, we became really good friends um, and client who I didn't know at the time called me up and he was like, Hey, listen, I got this car and I need it restored. And uh, I called like 30 people and I don't want any of them to do it. I want you to do it. I know you don't have a shop right now, but find yourself a shop and let's get freaking going. So, oh, man. so he called me up and I moved into like a little two bay shop and um, it was a mess. You know, we, we started from like, you know, zero again. And 
uh, in that shop, that little two bay shop, we did a ton of work for the next couple of years. Like we, we, I cranked out a bunch of projects. It was awesome. And then at the same time started restoring this building that we're in now and moved in here in 2012, 2000, yeah, end of 2012. So there was like that year, year-ish, you know, two year period where it was just like, screw it, you know, but then we moved into this shop and then we got the TV deal and we had an open house party with like 500 people and PPG brought their tractor trailer in and we had a live band come and it was like, you know, all right, everything's going to work out. But, um, and then since then we've, we've done some, some more incredible jobs and had our work featured all over the world. And it's, you know, but it's, it's always a fight and you always have to stay in that. But I would say that's probably one of those stories like that. Yeah. So are you, are you taking projects? You just, I guess mentioned it, but are you taking projects from all over the world or all, all over the country? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we always have done that. I mean, right, right now we've got, um, a 58 Studebaker truck in here. That's from Alaska. Uh, super great guy. Uh, really good friend of mine. Good client. Um, he shipped it on a boat from Anchorage to Washington state and then a truck from there to here. Um, we, we did another international pickup truck for a client in San Diego, um, that's over there now, another really good guy. Uh, one of the, the most interesting stories, we, I sold a Mustang, a 65 Mustang to a client from Israel. And, um, he actually flew over here from Israel, came to the shop. This was in our old shop in Marcy. And, um, I, I have to find the letter. I'll show it to you guys. I'll send it to you. It was, it was like one of the, mo the nicest letters I ever received from a client just saying that, you know, it was, it was awesome to do business, you know, with, you know, someone from the other side of the world and realizing that, you know, this passion for cars was able to bring us together and, you know, wow, that's awesome. you know cultural differences and all that sort of stuff. So it was a really nice letter, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. We meet some great people. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how things like that are sort of like universal language, right? Like hobbies right. and passions are, are, yep. can, can be universal. Yep. Really that's awesome. So, you know, we're, living through some weird times right now, obviously, do you have any advice for businesses out there? And you don't have to say ne yeah. necessarily in this pandemic, but right. getting through tough times, you mentioned 75 hard mental training, yeah. right? What, you know, what can a business owner, what can an entrepreneur that is up against the wall, whether it's in our current situation now or financial or whatever it might be, what, you know, tips or advice do you, can you give to them to help them get through it? Well, you know, that, that's a tough question. And yeah, we are in a really tough spot right now. I think that one big thing is, is basically the owner of the company and the person running the company, that, that company is going to reflect the way that that person is feeling. So, um, you know, I, I would really suggest doing 75 hard to anyone. Um, I mean, it's a free program. It literally costs you nothing. You just have to do it every day. Um, and it, it, it changes your life. And, I mean, if you look up the comments, every single person who's done it says, you know, I made so much more money. My life is going so much more. I mean, it, it really changes. So I think changing your stuff yourself and strengthening your mind and strengthening your body and everything else around you will reflect in your business. You know, it, it's, it's really tough. I mean, some people are, you know, forced to stay shut right now. And I mean, it, it you know, it's hard to give someone that, that advice for what do you do if, if you can't open your doors. I mean, it's, um, it, it's crazy. I mean, I hope my, my hopes for this whole coronavirus situation is that we can all come out of it, um, together more so than divided, like we have been for so long and people will appreciate each other 
so much like like in the sense of when we hang out with our friends and family, everybody's looking at their phones all the time. Now maybe we'll appreciate being with each other. Or you hear people saying, Oh, I gotta go to my job today. I hate this. It sucks. Maybe people say, you know, I get to go to work today. I get to do this and I'll appreciate what they have. So I think appreciating what you have and you know, it's like the old cliche saying of, you know, being grateful and practicing gratitude, then more things will come from that. But it is true. I mean, there's always something to be thankful for in the moment. I think that's going to build on to better things. But um, I, I think also, you know, not getting stuck in the trend of what you've done in the past, you know, being able to uh, pivot a little bit and see, okay, this is where we're at. What can I, what can my business offer the world that will help them? I think that a big problem people always you know, have is that they're trying to help themselves. You know, they say, okay, I want to start a business because I want to be a millionaire or I want to start a business because I want to make a lot of money and have freedom. You don't hear them talking about, I want to start a business because I want to help people with this, or I want my product to better people's lives, or I want my service to make my customer happy. That's the important thing. And I think if people think of it as what can they do to help other people, it's going to come back to you. You know, I mean, it's just like my business. I, I was always making sure that my customers were happy and they had fun doing the projects and that when it was done, they got a quality project. I mean, that's why, you know, thousands of jobs later, I'm friends with literally every customer we've ever had. Um, and because it's more so you're not just selling someone a product. And I think right now that's, that's really important. You don't just sell someone something and send them out the door, let them know you appreciate them and they'll stick around for the long haul. I think that's probably the most important thing there. Yeah, um, absolutely. You, yeah. you touched on some things I think is are really important for people to, yeah. to be aware of is the, you know, the pivot is a huge opportunity right now for so many businesses. Um, yep. they, they might be in a tough spot and nobody can give them advice because they, you know, there's nowhere to go. It's not like you can say, Oh, go do this thing. And, um, you know, and, and everything will be okay. Yeah. Uh, there's nowhere to go for a lot of them now, but a pivot might be an opportunity when things do get better. You know, they might be making product A. Now they can make product B. Uh, actually, we've seen that. Um, there's a company called Origin Origin USA. Uh, they're out of Maine, American-made stuff. They basically shut down all their lines, and now they make face masks out of denim and jeans, and they're selling like hundreds of thousands of them. Right. And they're employing 80, 70, or 80 people through this whole thing just by doing that. I mean, that's a, that's right. a very quick pivot. Uh, you know, that, that they took to be able to stay in business during this time. Yeah. So, uh, cool. So one more, one more question before we get into the rapid fire questions. Um, those yeah. come from our audience here on, on Facebook live. Uh, yeah. and we'll, we'll all gather together, all four of us to get up these rapid, rapid fire questions. But one more question. This one actually was, this came in from somebody before the show and is a question you probably get all the time, but what's, yeah. what's, what was the show like? You know, everyone wants to know what, what television primetime TV is like, but what was the, what are the best and worst parts of participating in a, in a network TV show? This is from at Maddie Ann. Oh yeah. Sorry, Maddie. Question um, for Maddie. I mean, worst parts will start there. I don't really think that any, you can consider any of it the worst part. I guess the amount of work would probably be the worst part, but I like that stuff. You know, I like challenges. So like we had our last week, of filming we called it hell week because we literally didn't sleep for four days uh, well four and a half days and we finished like four episodes that week it was absolutely insane oh, so just cramming in footage yeah just, just absolutely cramming in footage i mean so doing that gets into the best parts i mean i got to learn so much of how 
television actually works and then work with some extremely awesome people. I mean, um, the directors, the sound guys, the producers, I mean, we, we met so many people and then I was also able to bring my crew together even more. And, you know, like the stuff that we accomplished, I mean, we did somewheres around, we figured like two and a half to three years worth of work in eight months. So it was, it was insane. Um, but being able to lead a crew to do that and, you know, have everything filmed and, and have that crew working with you and, you know, in harmony basically is a really awesome feeling. Um, and, but, but more so than that, probably the best feeling of the whole thing was just making people happy. I mean, we got emails from people all over the world. We had fans come to the shop from Mexico. I mean, they drove all the way here just to take pictures with us. I mean, we would uh, get to the shop. There'd be somebody in the in the driveway sleeping in their car. We had a, a guy come from Chicago and sleep in the driveway just to take pictures with us, you know. And um, we had another man come with his son who was uh, – he was disabled, the son, and, uh, you know, super nice kid. But he lived for our show, and this, we were like heroes to this kid. Um, when he met us, I mean, he was in tears. It was like, he just met like, you know, heroes from, from movies. And, and, you know, we, they came in the shop and we took them for rides in the car and, you know, sign autographs, mm-hmm. but that, that feeling of being able to do that for people and make other people happy like that is, is a great feeling. It's gotta be exhilarating for yeah. sure. Totally awesome. Yeah. All right, fellas. And, uh, Steve, if you got some tea, I saw a tea bag hanging out of here. <laughs> thing, yeah. Dear. Now is the time we'll do a quick yeah. cheers. With everybody out there, cheers. We're gonna take a sip and then we're gonna get in some rapid fire questions. So, everyone who has a question for Steve, Al, Rob, myself, all four of us, pop them in the comments. We'll spend uh, you know, 10 15 minutes rattling these things off before we say goodbye. Awesome. The better. All right, you guys ready? Ready. All right, Steve, you're gonna be up first. Here we go. Okay. Uh, question comes in uh from Lindsay. uh how have you let living in a small town lead you to feeling distanced or cut off from people or certain customers just curious to know how you've pursued um more opportunities and what advice uh, would you have for others in making connections that have small businesses in smaller rural towns well i would say that being from a small town is one of my strengths more so than a weakness i um yeah, I've, I've got connections all over the world and it's it's awesome. But the people in my hometown, I mean, I'm so thankful and grateful to have the support that I have. Um, and, and like I said before, you know, there's no such thing as a self-made person. And the connections I have in a small town, I, I am very, very thankful and grateful for them. And I, I've always tried, like when we had the TV show, I tried to get as many local businesses on as I could to try to promote what they were doing. And, and I think that that's, that's really important to never forget where you come from. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of sad when you see some some people that are, you know, they, they get to a level of fame or success and, and they kind of forget that. And that's something I've always made very adamant that I never would do um, because it's it's very important to always remember who brought you to the dance, per se. Um, sure is. So. Love it. Al? Ah, boy. Um, Have we all lived? We've all grown up in small towns, right? Al, yeah. where'd you grow up? Here. Oh, Syracuse. That's a small um, town. You know, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm torn on this. Like sometimes I think it's good to be a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Um, and then other times I think that it spoils you a little bit, right? You get to a level right. of success in your area and then you, you get super comfortable, at least for me, like right. real comfortable. And then the thought of 
having to be uncomfortable what you were talking about. And like, yeah. let's say I moved to LA for whatever reason, I'm going to get yeah. smoked, right? Like right. <laughs> I'm going to get smoked out there. I'm going to be, Which, by the way, happens to people quite a bit. Like, like I have friends that move back from New York city or Philadelphia uh, or LA who are like, mm, Nope, not for yeah. me. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's tough because like, I'll, I'll be vulnerable here. Like I'm a little bit of a coward sometimes. Like I'm I, as much as I'd like to go and, and venture and like, you know, pick up, move my life. I'm pretty comfortable in my small town. Right. <laughs> you know, so there's that. Yeah. John. Yeah. I, I think you just, you just have to take stock in um, who you are, like who, your personality, right? Like if you're a super social person, then, and you have big aspirations for something that a big city would offer better than a rural one, then you should move to the city hmm. and, and you should do it. But if you're, if you're looking for advice, like how do you sort of, you know, make it and make connections in a rural town in order to grow something outside of that town, like it's just going to be an uphill battle for the most part, right? Like hmm. Steve, you've done it, you know, but right. you've done it in an industry that people are willing to spend the money to, you know, to get the best work done, you know, in my industry in marketing, like good thing we're in digital marketing because yeah. the locality doesn't matter. But another industry, you know, you might not like, you know, a restaurant you can open in a small town, you can, right. you, you're much more likely to get swallowed in a New York City than Chris Biley we had on Tuesday, you know, mm -hmm. he's finding a crazy amount of success here locally, because he's got really unique restaurants here. But in New York City, there's a lot of them. So, right. I think a lot of that also has to do with who you are and the kind of work that you're producing. I mean, you know, it's just like people say, oh, well, you know, money changes people, for example, but really it just highlights who you are. I think, um, you know, if you're a bad person before, you know, just, people just might not notice as much when you have more power or influence, people notice that more. So I think if you're a good person and you're doing good work, you know, the more successful you get as you build it, that'll just grow and people see that. So if you move to a big city, you might, it might suck at first. It might be hard, but as people start realizing who you are and what you do, that word of mouth will, will grow and, and you'll just, you know, become the bigger fish in that bigger pond. I think, you know, it's like when you, when you're, you see a goldfish in a tank, they get so big, but once you put them into something else, then they do get bigger. So, you know, people adapt to, to their studies, but you can be a big fish in a small town still. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, super famous people that don't, all live in Hollywood and in gigantic mansions. Some of them got cool houses in small towns too. So little tiny houses. Yeah. Al? yeah. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. Watch last hole. episode. I like small things. Look like little tiny yeah. things. It's weird. So so for me, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the country, two acre parcel of land. We literally lived on that same parcel of land next door to my grandparents, which which was a huge blessing growing up. My uh, grandfather um, was a farmer, then became a postmaster, and then after he re retired, the farmer and him came back out. We had giant gardens and stuff on the property, and um, graduating class was 74 people. Uh, then turned and left and went to a very small SUNY school. And then when I got into business for myself, um, I'm like, you know, all right, if, if we can't find the resources that we need locally, you need to go and research where you can get those resources. Mm -hmm. So for me at the time, it was turning to a, um, a national trade magazine within my industry. And from that, I would put myself out and I would travel to uh, national events, meet those people that we had met. Uh, online through the magazine, built relationships. You go and you visit people that are doing what you want to be doing, but doing it better and bigger. And you learn from them. 
and you bring that back. And then at some point in your career, I think you take and you shift that from just doing good within your industry to doing good as a business owner. And from there, um, you know, the small town situation keeps us humble and you just be able to, um, there's great value in being able to, to carry on a conversation with people regardless of what their um, position is in the public or in business or anything like that. And soon you become a, a great connector uh, of people. And through that, the learning process just continues and rolls on. So cool. uh, next question, short one here. Al, let me start with you. Favorite superhero? Uh, Batman. No question about it. Next, Johnny. John? Um, favorite superhero. Oh man. I, how do you not have that right on hand in your mind? How dude, I had, they're all tied. I have like 10 that are tied, but P- Punisher. Is oh. he a hero? I, yeah. He's a hero. Yeah. Super person. Yeah. He's not actually super, but Punisher. It's Punisher. Uh, I'm going to go with Iron Man. Nice. Solid. It's a tough Steve? one. <clears throat> we're talking fake people, superheroes, cartoons, or we're talking real. No limits. Nope. Whatever you want. Nope. No rules. I got a few. I, I would say um, I like Jesus. Oh, yeah, bro. Super. Uh, Wolverine, pretty badass, too. Um, my older brother and myself. Fair. Noted. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Roger. Uh, John, what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, I went on a uh, cruise one time, and they had a, like, Sur- um survival what's what's it called survival no what's that show called on an survivor. island survivor right. yeah they had like a survivor competition and the last thing was i uh i had to eat a plate it was full of raw uh calamari chocolate ice cream cold noodles uh a fish head mm-hmm. and some other stuff in there all mixed in so that was the weirdest combination of foods i've ever eaten I can't top that. Uh, weirdest thing for me was probably like a, a chocolate covered uh, cricket. Oh, nothing cricket. too crazy. High in protein. Steve, the weirdest thing I've ever eaten. That's that's a tough one. I eat a lot of weird stuff. Um, well, recently for the last sixty five days, I've been vegan, so that's been weird for me. Um, that's part of this program I'm doing, and we're going to document it all. But um, that's actually been pretty good and, and super interesting. Um, but I don't think that's really the weirdest. I mean, I probably, I'd eat like um, gigantic steaks, you know, like um, I, I had like my picture taken on, on like one of those, uh, they put you on a saddle and put yeah, you on the wall for eating a giant steak. So I ate that with like two sides of cheesecake and like a ton of other stuff one, one night. That was probably, it wasn't weird, but it was like 10 meals in one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, 10 meals in one is weird for most people. Yeah. Most, Maybe most people next, can't reach that. Your next right. Comparative eating. Maybe that's oh, your next there you conquer, go. right? Comparative eating, yeah. Uh, mine is chicken gizzards. To this day, I still don't know what they are, but my aunt used to make chicken gizzards, and, she, and my dad loved them, so I was like, you know, wanted to be like him. So I was like, yeah, I'll try them. Chicken gizzards. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, Bia asked, what's the first thing you, uh, you do when you get up in the morning? Um, for me, besides... Human bodily functions. Uh, I'll probably try to spend some time with uh, in my Bible, uh, digital or, or paper version. Steve, that's a tough one for me. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of working on a new program that I'm doing. I think the first thing I'm going to do in the morning every day is play a half hour of music, whether it be piano or guitar. 
because that like just completely changes my my whole mindset and the way that I feel about the day. I feel like okay, I can go on with this. Like that's like I've been playing now for three years. That's one of my huge huge goals is to be able to perform live music. Um, but when I'm playing music, I just I feel good about myself. So I think that's going to become like the first thing I do every day going forward here for at least the next 30 days. Al, I just mm. want you to like pull your sleeve up and like pull a flute out of your <laughs> Steve, yeah. Steve, Al is a, a fantastic right saxophone player. Talking right to my heart. Dude, I want to learn how to play the sax bad. Dude, it's right after this show. We'll chit chat for a little bit. It's happening. You're going to play every morning and I'm setting up a gig for two months from now. You'll be playing live. Do it on live. Do it on Facebook Live. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch. From now, setting up a bar gig, you and I, we're going to go do it. Perfect. What are you thinking, like Carnegie Hall or something? Wherever you want. You can right. oh. <laughs> right. Madison Square Garden. We're coming. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Let's get Madison Square Garden back open. Sold out. I like it. What's the next question? What did I? Did we answer? Did, everybody answer did you answer, Al? I don't know. Did I? I don't I got, even remember what the I question was. Jazzed up about the music. Who cares about my answer? All right. All right. Let's go on. Yep. Steve, uh, back to you. Um, what was the last film you watched? Last film I watched. Uh, well, I just started watching the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix, but I, I didn't watch the whole thing yet, so that wouldn't really count. Um, you know what I watched? The last film I watched was uh, Davy Crockett on um, on Disney Plus. Davy, I used to love him. <laughs> Dude, what a, like a super original badass guy. Yeah, he was like the original badass of, of our country. And, and like with everything that's going on right now, it's just a super interesting story. Uh, there's two two different ones. He's got the one of the Battle of the River Pirates and then Davy Crockett, just, you know, the story of the King of the Wild Frontier. But that was a good movie. I would de definitely recommend watching both of those. Disney Plus. Cool. Yeah. Was it was it last movie? Sorry to clarify. Last movie you watched? That last was, day, what was the, the last, last film you watched is the question. Right. Okay. okay. Actually, no, I'm sorry. You know what? The last film I watched was Tommy Boy. Oh, <laughs> just when I thought you couldn't top it, better and better. Gosh, what a beautiful episode this was! Hell, you're staying up till four o'clock in the morning. Kidding me? I stay up till four every in the morning every day. What are you watching? What's the last one? Uh, last one I watched was Iron Man three. Cool, John. Rob, you go because I gotta think. Uh, the Irishman. Oh, cool. It was like three hours long, but it was so cool to see all the guys back together again. The gang, yeah. oh, the gang. Uh, so I have a, t I have a number one. My like relaxed time is at night, and I watch a movie or like a show every night, like late, like out, you know, up until like two o'clock in the morning. And I do work on my laptop at the same time. Cousin of death for me. I just can't stand it. But the last movie, and I've been watching shows a lot, which is why I can't remember the movie. So I, I'm like right now I'm watching The Sopranos again. So the last movie, Skip. I can't even remember Skip. All right, next question. We're back to food again. One, uh, Al, one food that you could never give up. Um, Jesus. Uh, God. Um, Jesus. No. Jesus. Thank God. <laughs> sure, I'll go with it. Jesus. <laughs> That's good. Whatever. That's Filey's answer. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus. John. Probably eggs. Popcorn. No. <laughs> Big jump it used to there, be John. eggs. It used to be eggs, uh, but popcorn is like my new like daily jam. I actually eat it while I'm watching The Sopranos and doing work at night. Nice. Um, I'm gonna say cheese. It's it's just plain 
Just cheese. No it's no low sodium, no low fat. Cheese. Now you're a cheese guy. Cheese. No it's ands or buts about it. Steve's like, Steve? you guys are pigs. You're not mentally yeah. strong at all. Right. <laughs> suck. We He's going to go cheese. super yeah. like derelict water. Yeah. So, yeah, water was actually my answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> hard, I, there was like five, like my uh, grandma's recipe of cookies, grandma cookies, we call them, crazy vanilla ice cream, cheesecake, all that stuff. I could have oh. never gave that up, but I had to for 75 hard. And the last, so like it was like day 73. My aunt comes over to my house, bakes 300 of those grandma cookies, the whole and left them there. So the whole shop, the whole house, everything. She's like, I gotta go for like the last three days of that 75 hours, the worst thing ever. But I know now that I could give up whatever, you know, which is crazy because yeah. a year ago I would have thought no way I would have been able to give up those cookies. But now probably just water because I think eventually you die if you don't drink water. I like this question. Yep. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. I like this question from Carly Marie. This is a good one. What makes you get up every day to do it all over again? Yep, that's where I was heading next. Good question. Uh, John, it's up to you first. Uh, my family. Yeah. My wife. Now my newborn son. Every day. Rob. Yep. Same. Yep. Got too too many people. It's uh, it's it's uh, family. You know. First of all, I don't want to live down my uh, my God given potential. Secondly, I don't want to let my family down. And third, I've got you know business partners and friends that uh, you know everybody's counting on us. So, Steve, yeah, I, I would say it's very similar. You know, along those lines, I, I feel like um, I feel like I've been very blessed to have the life that I have, and I think that I have a very big responsibility to fulfill that. Um, I think that I have a lot of potential, and I need to develop that, you know, the, the highest level possible. And, and in doing that, it's going to help all of the people around me that depend on me and that look up to me. And I think it's, it's really important for me to, uh, to do that for them um, because I got an incredible family and, you know, friends and people that support me. So I think it, it's uh, my responsibility to, to get up every day to, to um, be the best version of myself for them. Um, so yeah, I would say that. Valid. I remember. And winning, winning is a big one. You know, um, <laughs> I like competing, so I'm, that's why I'm really looking forward to getting back into arm wrestling here. So that's a big motivator. But the first one is the main answer. Nice for me. Yeah. It's just gratitude that I'm alive and healthy, and mm -hmm. you just it's another day. Let's do it. Yeah. Good. All right. Last question. Super fast. Uh, we're gonna start with you, Al. What's your dream car? Uh, a Mercedes. I love Mercedes. I can't help it. I'm not, I mean, I don't care about like, you know, I, I didn't grow up around like classic cars. I just love Mercedes. I, always, I had a few of them and then I didn't. And I can't wait to get back to that. And this is from uh, Sarah Beth, by the way. John? Um, if I were to go classic cars, um, probably a tie between a 57 Chevy and a Chevelle. I'm not a big car guy either, but like I, my, Dad had a 57 Chevy like back in the day. And I just remember him telling stories about it. And, you know, so that just kind of nostalgia stuck with me. Uh, Chevelles are just badass. Um, yeah, one, one of those two. Aston Martin. Ooh, went freaking. What? Like James a brand Bond. new one, Rob? What What's that, Steve? Like a brand new one, or what do you think? Yeah, the, within the last few years, they really, with all the James Bond stuff, they really put out some really, some really sweet, sweet rides. Yeah. I, I've got a, 
uh, I've got a, one posted. I, I, we don't have time to get into it, but I'll uh, I'll pull it up and I'll send it to you. Awesome. awesome. And how about you, Steve? Your last answer, last question. So my dream car is always the next car that I'm going to build. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've Keeps got you hungry, right? It's that's right. So, but uh, aside from that, I am planning on one of my big goals is to purchase back some of the key projects that we've done over the year, I, over the years. And I want to build a collection of those. Um, so those there's like four or five of, the, of like my ultimate dream cars in there that we've already done. Uh, and aside from the cars that I've built, I'd say probably a, like a brand new Ford GT. Um, those are freaking awesome. And, uh, <laughs> you know, probably like, you know, I'd like to get like an 86 Ferrari Testarossa just cause that was the year I was born. It's not the best Ferrari, but it's pretty cool. A little nostalgia, right? Like yeah, a little nostalgia, but some yeah. of the new supercars are awesome. I mean, that you know, any of those new Bugattis or you know, I mean, probably the Ford GT though. I would say, or or an Eleanor Mustang too. You know, it's tough. I, I think just picking ones. That's not shit, straight fast problem. and the furious. Probably gonna have a big garage. Have more than one. Yeah. I mean, shit. What yours? You got thirteen thousand square feet now. Yeah, although that's, that's filled with work. So filled with work, but yeah. it's going to be filled with a collection. That's going to be awesome. So. Well, Steve, man, this has been a real pleasure. Uh, if anybody has any questions for you, cause there's more questions yeah, popping there's more through questions. right now. Um, but if anybody yeah. has any questions for you, number one, where can they contact you? And number two, what's next for Steve? What's next for Steve's restorations? What do you got coming? So two, two parter, where can they contact you? What's next? So you can contact me. Uh, Instagram is at Steve's restorations, plural. You can get me on there. You can get me on Facebook, Steve Hale or Steve's restorations and hot rods and, um, you know, shop, email, all that, but that's the easiest social media. And what's coming up next we've got some super exciting stuff coming up. So basically we haven't officially announced it yet, but we'll give you a little bit of a preview. Oh, is this like the first official global announcement? Yeah, you could call it that. You could call it that. <laughs> here first. No boat crew. Yeah. So about, well, so, so right after we finished American restoration, I wrote a television show and the idea was to sell it to one of the networks, discovery history, something like that. And then we kind of changed gears and we decided we wanted to do it on YouTube because we wanted to be able to control all of our advertisements, help out local businesses, get exposure and do the content the way that we wanted to do it. So that was our original plan. We wrote this show and it was basically people were going to live vicariously through my life and all the cool stuff I did. Well, then Fast forward to recently, I had went through a lot of crazy stuff in my life and I felt like my story could help a lot of people. And it was a lot of ups and downs like we talked about before. And we decided to change the whole concept of the show and make it about helping people become the best versions of themselves. So we're making a three-part series that is going to be a docu-series, a how-to series, and a podcast that is going to be about becoming the best version of yourself. So people are going to follow me doing that. And the docu-series is going to tell my whole story of that and leading up to now and then the future and following me accomplishing all these goals or maybe falling on my face if I don't accomplish them. Um, and then it's also going to have a how-to series that's going to teach people everything from learning how to play music, learning how to 
arm wrestle, how to train properly, how to eat properly. It's going to talk about diets. It's going to talk about writing books because I'm also writing a book right now. Um, it's going to talk about how to restore cars, how to paint. Um, there's going to be a ton of really good information for airbrushing and custom cars and restoring cars and being in the shop um, in the how-to series. And then on the podcast, we're going to interview super successful people, people with interesting stories, um, whether it be musicians or business people or celebrities. Um, you know, anyone, athletes, anyone who has gone through some hard stuff and overcame it to, you know, accomplish their goals. And basically, once people listen to this and watch an episode, they'll have tools that they can put in their own toolbox, basically, to do the same for their life, which whatever their goals may be. So the whole series is going to be called The Wild Ride. And um, mm-hmm. I love it. We're going to be announcing it in the next couple of weeks. We're, we're super excited about it. We've been working on it for like four or five years. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're thinking it's, it's going to you know reach the entire world and we're looking forward to it in a big way. That's so. badass, man. Yeah. Steve, thank you so much. Cheers Whoa. to you. Cheers to your cheers. success and cheers to your future success. Appreciate oh, you. Man. Man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, my friend. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Take care. And there we slash you have it. Great guys. He didn't even tell us all of what he's doing right now. Like All his backstory stuff. is so impressive. Oh, it's crazy. So there's, I hope he, he can get to some of the other questions in there because there, uh, there were some really good questions and, and stuff. Like how'd you get an arm wrestling? Which, which one of us could you, would you want to take on? Yeah. I would not want to take Steve on. I've seen him in action. I would no, want to take I'm him out. on only to do this, only to go. <laughs> and then, then I would lose. and then you're, and then you're, and then you're and out. And like, then run like, like hell. You're like, all right, are you crazy? I just want to do the hat move. I'm out. I think John would be the uh, the the for one sure. to give him the most run for his money. Absolutely, I'd, I'd be the one to get my arm broken. Is that what you're saying? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the one in the cast. I would be the one out of the three of us to get my arm broken. But yeah, listen, if you have a question for Steve, um, hit him up on Instagram. Like he said, shoot him a question, shoot him a DM. Um, great guy, would be happy to answer and doing some killer things. So that's the show, everyone. Thanks a lot for watching. Again, we'll be back uh, shortly. But as always, we're super appreciative. Uh, appreciative? Did I say that right? That doesn't sound right. Yeah. Appreciative. 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 So, sentiments. sentiments yeah. Nice sentiments, exactly. Whatever. It does. It means a lot to us. Um, you know, we're new in our growth trajectory here with No Bull. Uh, we're making lots of pivots, and one of them is to now start to put out great content where we're helping other people, you know, find their spot in life. Um, so thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe. We're on YouTube. We're on li- live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook and we're pumping out content on our Instagram, uh, our Facebook and soon to be Twitter. Soon. Uh, as the team told tweet, me today. So tweet. we're going to be Thank Twittering you. all over the place, guys. Gosh. And I gotta tell you, there's without even asking, there are saxophone emojis coming in as we speak. <laughs> no bull, bullshit. It's no, right there. I can call it. It's Rebecca right there. Williams, come on. We did, we did not plant those. There, it, see what are you doing? Yeah. We didn't even say Listen, to it. All right, look, everybody. Al has promised us Sunday nights. He's promised Sunday nights are gonna be sax Sundays. night. Sunday sax night. Sexy sax Sundays. We Sunday might have to change Sundays. the name of the show from Wild Card Sundays to Sundays. 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 Sexy Sundays. Sexy Sundays. 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 S
Good sack <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, All right. you. All right. Awesome. Imp- impromptu meeting after this show about good sack Sundays. <laughs> there you go. All right, folks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We will be back Sunday. Uh, hope you have a great weekend. Sunday night, we'll have our wild card episode, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Facebook or on YouTube. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Love Cheers. you all. Hello.